Hey everybody, welcome back to Midwest Girl, which is now girls, and I am so excited because today I get to introduce you to one of my sweet friends, and I can't wait for you to hear her heart and her testimony because she is just a true woman of God. Um, So enjoy the first official podcast on Midwest Girls. everyone. If you don't know already, Midwest Girl is now Midwest Girls. And today we get to meet the other half, Meet Meg. Today she will be acting more as a guest, but in the future she will be the co-host seat. Oh boy. (laughs) No, I'm super excited to be here, Kylie. Thanks for having me. And we're so excited to have you on um, today, especially because you get to tell a little bit more of your background, your testimony. Uh, Meg and I met at church, actually. Uh Um, So my parents and her in-laws were friends. And so her husband and his brothers, I kind of remember growing up and we grew up in the same church. So that's pretty cool. Yes, it is. And kind of crazy how God has brought me to the area even, but we'll get into that later. But what I remember when I first met Kylie is it's two things. Um, she used to work at Trinity Friends. Oh, sorry to say that. Yes, anyway. okay. <laughs> yeah. So she worked there. She, and she, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, every time she get on stage, I love her outfits. <laughs> <laughs> she does have great fashion sense. And then secondly, she always, she was in charge of like the children's ministry. And what I loved was she always brought a child up on stage to say the prayer to release the kids for children's church. And I remember thinking, I love how she does that, how she makes the kids feel a part of the service. And I could go on and on on how I feel like church should not just be a spectator thing. So for me, the girl was speaking to me already. And it's funny because I started the kids thing because at that time in my life, I was 21 when I started working at church and I was very nervous to pray in front of people. So everybody was probably like, oh, this is so cool. She's bringing the kids on stage. And I'm like, no, I'm actually terrified to pray in front of everybody. And so so, um, what started off as like me trying to cover up a fear actually turned into something pretty cool. And then I really liked how it rolled. Yeah. And I was not the only one who loved that, by the way. There were others. So okay. God takes our awkwardness and makes it beautiful. <laughs> and I have my awkward moments too. So I think that's why we get along so good. Probably. Um, but yeah, so today, basically, just start off, like, tell us who you are, okay. share your heart, and All right. you've got the floor. Here we go. Okay, so if you have checked out the um, bios on our Project 68 website, you will read that I am the city girl of the group, meaning I did not grow up in the country like everyone else. <laughs> um, but I grew up in the city with amazing parents and they're amazing to this day. They're just so supportive Um, and two crazy awesome sisters. We always have fun. It's probably where I get my awkwardness from because we all are that way. And um, anywho, just a great childhood. Lots of fun. Uh, Lots, like I said, lots of food and music. Music was a big part of my life. Um, Found out I want to say pretty early on, I have a vivid memory of my aunt putting me on the dining room table, I kid you not, and saying, listen to Meg sing. And I think I sang Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and everyone was like, oh, because I was actually singing it, like 
just not just like a little kid, but like really performing. So I do have that memory, but that I can get into later. A lot of music growing up. So anywho, let's get into how I came to my relationship with the Lord. And everyone's got a story, right? So here's mine. Okay. Um, I've always grown up knowing who God was and who Jesus was. And I remember at a young age, I got a Bible for Christmas. I was probably eight or nine. And I vividly remember getting that Bible out, sitting on my couch by the Christmas tree. You know that cozy feeling at Christmas time when you're looking yes. at the tree? Yes. Okay, so I got my Bible out and I flipped it open and it opened to Isaiah. And I was going to read it. And I was determined that I was going to get to know God. I knew I was holding something special. That's the way I can describe it. And now I know that that was God pulling me to him, even at that young age, because he, he is our father. So he was like, come on, little one, come and get to know me. I had no idea what I was reading, though. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah is a tough one. Yeah. So I just, I read. Yeah. And I can say there is the beginning of my re love relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord. Right, right. Um, and what's funny is actually with each of our testimonies, Isaiah has popped up yes. in each of them. And that's something so cool that we just kind of figured out while we were writing the bio. So I thought I would just mention that, that Isaiah, the book of Isaiah has actually impacted all three of our lives in a big way yes. and kind of pulled us all together. It's true. Like when you pointed that out the other day, it, I didn't even know. I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. So look at that. The Lord, I call those God winks. Yes. Um, I love it. So anywho, um, I decided at 10 years old that I wanted to be baptized. And I remember talking to my children's pastor at the time. We made that decision. I knew what I was doing. I mean, I, I wanted to be saved. I wanted to go to heaven. Can I say that I, in my childlike way, I loved Jesus, mm -hmm. but mostly mm -hmm. I did not want to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And yeah. You know what? That's okay at that age to understand mm -hmm. the reality right. between heaven and hell. That's what I knew. I did not want to go there. I wanted to be with God forever. Mm -hmm. So that's, I made the choice. I got baptized. I knew I was a sinner. So that's when I gave my life to Christ. But here's the part that confused me growing up. Um, the pastor said, once you're baptized, then you'll start hearing from God. And I was like, oh, yeah. and he's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit will like, only when you're baptized, will the Holy Spirit start talking to you. Huh. And I was like, oh, is that, is that right? And I didn't understand that. And I remember thinking to myself, so he really is like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so he meant well, and, but it actually was confusion for me. And I feel like that church didn't quite dive into mm -hmm. who the Holy Spirit was, like the the counselor, the guide. Mm -hmm. Now, God was still faithful yeah. and like guided me through my childhood and my teen years, but I didn't understand it. Right. And I, I remember thinking, there's got to be more than this. Yeah. So I did the good church thing growing up, went to youth group, went to camp, but I didn't understand. I didn't truly have that 
tight love relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I loved him, but I didn't feel connected to him. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I feel like everybody who grows up in a Christian home, I shouldn't say everybody, but mostly everybody that grew up in a Christian home kind of has that because we know we watch our parents worship. We watch our parents talk about Jesus and listen to them. And um, we're like, yeah, we want a part of that. And we don't want to go to hell. Right. And we see the love that he has, but we don't truly understand that until exactly. we're older. And but God's so faithful and he takes that that pure hearted commitment mm -hmm. and runs with it. So yes. good news, parents, because yes. I'm a, I'm a mother of three if I haven't mentioned that. <laughs> so the way I feel like the, my church growing up, they did a lot of things excellent, but maybe dropped the ball on that part. They kind of treated it as we dunked her, she's saved, let's move on to the next soul. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's no yeah. true discipleship. Right. So Enter, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay, going. here we go. <laughs> Enter the year 2005. I would not relive it for the life of me. Um, I was a junior in high school, and I kid you not, in the span of six months, I had five of my grandparents die. Um, two of them I was super close to, and the other ones I was, I knew. Mm -hmm. So I remember that over and over again in the funeral home, I mean, people were just coming, the mm -hmm. same people were coming to funeral after funeral. Right. And the comment was, I cannot believe this is happening to you mm -hmm. guys. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It was awful. And um, I was super close with my grandpa, Dwayne, and my great grandma, who I called Graham. Mm -hmm. And this crushed me. Um, growing up I think it forced me to grow up in that mm -hmm. moment like I was I was older but you know <laughs> when you're 17 you think you are grown up but you're yeah. really not <laughs> yeah. yeah so I know in that moment I started to understand and question things I I was with my grandpa when he drew his last breath he was wow. his his body was just destroyed by cancer mm -hmm. one of the most yeah the most sad things I've ever had to go through, but he was a believer and I kid you not, you guys, people say this, but during a few times during mm -hmm. his last moments on earth, mm -hmm. he was smiling. Yeah. He was so weak, but I know he was seeing heavenly things. Mm -hmm. So we were able to say goodbye to him with joy, but anywho, that's when I got real with God. Mm -hmm. I said in my heart, at that time and it wasn't like one conversation it was more like this is the way I'm thinking now I was saying to God I know you're real mm -hmm. but I also know there has to be more than what I'm experiencing right now yeah um, I kind of thought church at that point was silly mm -hmm. because what I was witnessing was a bunch of people get together sing some songs yeah and listen to a speaker and then go back to their normal lives during the week. Right. And I was like, why would you, why would you spend so much time? I guess I was a deep thinker. <laughs> you really are. Now that I think, now that I think about it, not many teenagers think this way. Not, that's not a brag. It just kind of hit me. I didn't get why people would just do that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, basically challenged God <laughs> and when you Scary it's true <laughs> it is and I went when you challenge the God of the universe he shows up oh yes 
And now in my maturity and better understanding of him, I can't believe I really did that. <laughs> It's kind of like when I prayed for patience for like yes. however long, five, four, four, five years ago. And it's like, he shows up. He's like, okay, I'll teach you. Yeah. And, like, oh. and it, 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 what I, I, what it sounds like is a kid just challenging their dad. Like, mm -hmm. mm, like if you're real, show yourself. Yeah. And that's, that was, that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. So he yeah. did. You don't do that to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. I'm yeah. proof. It's, yes. He wants your all. He wants everything. Yeah. He likes the tough questions. I almost think he likes those challenges because yeah. he's like, okay, here's somebody who's going to show up for me. Yes. And um, so he will challenge you right back, honestly. Yes. So. It's, it's true. And so it's kind of like David. That's why I think of now. He was not afraid to pour his heart out. So right. I think in that moment, it's, it's just when I got real. I grew up a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So... During those high school years, even like when my grandparents were passing, I would visit a dear friend of mine in Columbus. She had left for college already. She was a few years older. And she would take me to this church that her young husband and her had found. And I remember walking into that first worship service. It wasn't a normal service. It was a worship service. Mm -hmm. And seeing people up front laying hands on someone, I couldn't tell you who, mm -hmm. and um, praying for them. And I knew immediately in my spirit that something was different here. Mm -hmm. I was watching these people passionately pray. Mm -hmm. And then when they started worshiping, they were passionately worshiping. Mm -hmm. worshiping. I had never seen anything like that. Like yeah. They loved God. They weren't afraid to just put it out mm -hmm. there. And I knew, I knew I had found something. Mm -hmm. So, long story short, I ended up going to college in the Columbus area as well, which is where this church was. And I ended up going there. Mm -hmm. So let me backtrack a bit though. <laughs> when I was 16 and I'm still visiting my friend, I'm still in high school, I saw the cutest guy. <laughs> Saw the cutest guy in one of those visits, and I kid you not, my heart was like, oh, it hurt. It hurt when I saw him. So, fast forward a little bit, that mutual friend hooked me up with my now husband Jesse, and I was on cloud nine. So this church really meant a lot to me. I mm. I go to college down there. We start going there. I'm dating Jesse. I was not 16 when I started dating Jesse. <laughs> Let me, let me, let me clarify that now, but that's when I first saw him and he, he remembers it too. Um, but from the get go, um, he made it clear, my husband, that we were going to be a couple that sought the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we got more and more involved with that church and, um, we could do a podcast just on probably all of our marriages. Yeah. But I can say that my husband was the one that really took even just our dating engaged relationship. I guess the saying is by the horns. Yeah. The bull by the horns. Yeah. And wanted to honor the Lord with it. Mm -hmm. So we kept growing in our relationship. I found out who the Holy Spirit was. So that mm -hmm. question that I was confused with when I was little, they taught me the relevance of who the Holy Spirit is and how he truly is your guide and confidence. I'm not talking about anything weird, you guys, 
But when you, and I do believe in the gifts, that being said, but if you grow up basically ignoring one part of the Trinity, yeah, you're going to be confused. Yeah. You have to give him the proper honor as well. Mm -hmm. So I learned that and these people at this church just started pouring into me and discipling me. Um, yeah. And as right along with me, Jesse was as well. So we just very much grew together in that way. Um, now go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's funny because we both were 16 when we both saw our husband Isn't that weird? and it was at church. Cause you said Jesse was at that yeah. church. And so Seth and I went to the whole, or the same church our whole lives. But for some reason I didn't even notice him until one day he waved at me in the parking lot and I was actually in my car. He was in his truck, but he, I was in love with him at first wave. I didn't talk to him for probably two years or saw him for three months or so after that. Oh but my goodness. I fell hard for him after that wave. And it's so cute. Yeah. We could talk about that some other time too, but I just think it's funny how our, we have a lot of things that are similar. We in really our do. Lives. We really do. And uh, we couldn't have probably grown up more differently in like the extracurricular way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it's cool to see how God worked. There, were, there are some crazy similarities between me and you. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Um, where did I leave off? Oh yeah. So we're growing and all good things. <laughs> 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 Sorry guys, this is who I am. All right. So Jesse and I, we get married and uh, maybe a year into being married, the worship leader there approaches me. Shout out to PJ, if you ever hear this. Um, and he said, the, you know what, Meg, the Lord's really laid on my heart that I'm supposed to train you up to be a worship leader. And my immediate response was, no. <laughs> <laughs> no way because I as I've learned to be okay in front of crowds and in a group but I really am an introvert at heart so him saying that to me that was a big like no way I cannot do that I can't see myself in a position of leading people so I I really did say no, and then... That's how all good God stories start. Yeah. <laughs> they all good God star stories start with no, whether it's God telling you no or you telling God no. Yeah. But he end up, if you're telling God no, he end up he usually ends up getting his way. Yes, so you know. Just stop fighting. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I remember praying on it and hearing the song Hosanna by Hillsong and singing it and feeling... Again, almost like that moment when I was little reading Isaiah, like, you got to do this. Mm -hmm. This is the path for you. Yeah. So I did it. And <laughs> pure PJ. <laughs> there are there times where I was probably kicking and screaming, but he taught me what he knew, so to say. And all the while, uh, amazing women and people from that church were still pouring into us. And I remember the first service I led. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I looked at the pastor and I was like, what do I do? <laughs> but I've learned. And so that's how I've got into the worship, worship field. And, um, there's more to that story as well, but this is just the, the condensed version. Um, I guess I could go into how we ended up here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. But here we go. Um, I remember, and I'm sorry to my in-laws when you hear this. 
<laughs> Early on in um, our marriage, I told Jesse, because we would consider what are we, which way are we going? What are we gonna do? I remember saying to him, I'm not moving to Van Wert. And how far apart? How far apart? Three hours, two hours? Yeah, from my hometown. Yes. Yeah, we're about two, a little over two hours from my hometown, but we were in Columbus. So oh, we yes. were going, right. we were going both ways to visit my parents and his, and that was not fun. Let me mm -hmm. tell you, you want to live by someone, mm -hmm. not be alone. As, yeah. as, and we had a great group of people, like I've been saying through our church down there, but there, you got to be with family at some point. Yeah. So we would talk about these things and <laughs> I said, no, I'm not moving to Van Wert. Or the hick town of the north. Because <laughs> I really was. I was a city girl. Um, if I didn't mention, my family were really into food. So we, I like good restaurants. I like good cooking. And Van Wert just does not really have. We have drive we have We have some good ones. We I do have pop-ups. We, yeah. ha we have brood. There's a lot of good ones, but... To, it's not Columbus. Let's just put it that way. Anywho, uh, uh, it's the total opposite it of is. city life. It is. So basically, again, you don't tell God you won't do something without him going, <laughs> you know, not, uh, not spitefully, but he's the one that makes our plans. There's that verse that says, Oh goodness, that we make our plans, but the Lord is the one who directs the path. You can mm -hmm. say in a year or so, we're going to this town and that town, but the Lord directs us. Mm -hmm. There's no going outside of God's plan. No. So, a Jesse, five to six years into our marriage, was really getting disenchanted with his white collar job mm -hmm. and was considering other avenues of employment. And his father asked if he would ever consider coming back this way. And at first we were just like, no, no, we're not going to do that. But then we just started praying on it. And all I can say is the Lord did a work in my heart because I really wanted to move to Wadsworth. And I, I was probably an idol in my life mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. I needed to let that go. And once I did, once I gave God control, mm -hmm. I had absolute peace on moving this way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it has been so fun. And I find, found out I can be a country girl and really <laughs> like it. We've we built our house with our own hands. We've built a steer barn and just all these other amazing blessings. I've met all these great friends. I uh, got a job here I loved and the Lord has just sincerely blessed us. And I haven't even mentioned my kids. I have three beautiful kids. <laughs> He's blessed us that way too. And we homeschool, but like I said, this is the condensed version, but the Lord, what I want to say about my testimony is that it can seem like you know what God wants to do with your life, but until you give him complete control, you're not going to be satisfied. Give God control. And I promise you that he'll, he knows you better than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. And he knows the, the, the true desires of your heart. I really thought I knew what they were, but once I gave God control, he gave me things I wanted that I didn't even know I mm -hmm. wanted. And it's an adventure. Mm -hmm. the, the Christian life is an adventure if you're willing to step out and yes. follow. Mm -hmm. Follow him truly. Not holding on to the things that you want. Right. Give it to him. Mm -hmm. you, and it is scary. 
but yeah. give it to him. And I think it's important to, for people to know and understand because this is something early in my Christian walk. Um, I knew I needed to give up control and then I would give it up, but then I would, you know, take it back. God knows we're going to take it back at some point. It's mm -hmm. the, the important part is as soon as we realize we take it back, we give it right back to him. Exactly. He knows that we're going to try to hold on and he knows we're going to try to grasp at it, but he ultimately needs to hold it in his hands for eternity. Right. Right. And there's still times where I question things and I'll be honest, like, did we do the right thing? Mm -hmm. And, but Kylie's right. As long as you go back to having your heart and your mind in the word of God and following him, you put Satan in his place and get, mm -hmm. get moving right along. So. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's my story in a nutshell, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it. I'm so glad we were able to kick it off, Midwest girls, <laughs> with your with your testimony and your story yeah. because it's important for people to know our backgrounds as we talk about things like between both of us, we can cover a lot of topics. Yeah, and there's like like Meg said like this is a condensed version of her testimony and things that God has done in her life. And there's just so many things that we are going to be able to share because we've had experience with no, it. No, it's true. And yeah, were you going to say something? No, I, I was, but I forgot now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say, and I'm, I'm trying to think of now how to say it, but it's just like God... We, so we are able to give a testimony and tell people how to fix things, not necessarily, but we know how to fix things. It's Jesus. But only because we fail do we know G Jesus and only because we fail do we know God mm -hmm. and only because we fail we're able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We had to fail before we were actually able to talk about it. Yes. And um, I know people... Actually, so I work at a performing arts center, and we share it with one of the local high schools. And I remember listening um, to the it was choir, the choir director downstairs, and I heard her tell the kids, "Make your mistakes loud." Yeah. And I, and so she could hear it. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying like, "Oh, look at me, like, look how messed up I am." But no, like make your mistakes loud and don't be afraid, meaning like don't be afraid to show them mm -hmm. because that's how you grow and that's how you help other people grow is and walk together in the Christian world. Yes. So. Yeah. And I, by no means, I, I, like I said, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but I'm, I'm not perfect and God has had to be very patient with me. I would say a theme in my life is fighting the will of God. <laughs> um, I, that's kind of, that's hard to admit, but like with moving here, with being the worship leader, with doing these things, I always have been a little strong headed and we have to, we have to be real with each other. And that's the only way we're going to grow. Kylie says it so much better than me, <laughs> but well, your strong headedness fits in with the world around us. Yeah. In this little Midwest town. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, like I said, thanks for coming on and sharing your story Thank and, uh, can't wait to co-host the next time. Sounds good. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs>
Today, Meg has the honor to do her first Midwest meme read today. So take it away. All right, and this one is a doozy, and you all know you relate. When you compliment a Midwesterner on a personal possession, it is customary for her to respond by explaining at what a significant sale or discount they received that item, and it becomes a very long story. <laughs> it's funny because that's so true, and usually I don't talk after these. But so when you were reading it, I could tell that you were trying not to giggle. I know. It. But this is why it's always so awkward when I'm doing it by myself. And so that's why I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I know. Now. Well, it's just so true. I can think of so many times where, like, you say, I like that. I'm like, it was given to me. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, everybody on Midwest Girls.